110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of the Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk Network. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Uh, big show uh, uh, planned for today. Um, hopefully won't be as long as our last one. We went on to some big tangents. Yeah. On last one. Um, this one will be probably a little shorter, sweeter, hopefully. Now that I say it, it will probably be longer. but <laughs> <laughs> That uh, always works out. Yeah. Um, so before we get going, I uh, just want to remind everybody, please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, you know, that helps us out, especially if you get the all notifications. Um, that way, any episode we put up on uh, YouTube, you'll get a notification that uh, uh, we put a show out there. Um, please like the videos. And uh, we would really love to start hearing comments from everybody. Um, you know, this is a, a passion of ours and we would really like to start really interacting with um people that are watching the show um we've gained a few more subscribers so uh that's good we, thank you we are very appreciative of that and uh we just want to keep on growing um you know this will also uh, this version will be audio will be out on the podcast networks uh so follow us uh out there you know we're on most of the big ones right now stitcher apple spotify with a few others um so Follow us where you see us. If they ask you for comments, give us comments. If they ask you to rate the show, please rate the show. We would love, you know, the highest ratings possible. You know, all that stuff helps us out. Um, but comments are a big thing. Even if uh, you don't like something, uh, please let us know. We would like to we'd like to hear it. If it's something we have to fix, we'll fix. If it's a, a disagreement, well, we love dis- discussing disagreements with people. Sure. Um, so, John, how are you doing today? Good, Mike. You know, it's Saturday in the fall. It's a beautiful day, so it's exciting. Um, of course, no Saturday in the fall is complete without Ohio State football, so we're supposed to be pre-gaming for an Oregon game today. Um, so that's, that's really disappointing because we're supposed to, you know, be looking forward to that game. That was the big game, the big early game of the year. So I was really juiced about that going into the season. Uh, we know that didn't work out, and here we are with no football for either of those teams. So, yeah, nice, beautiful day. Glad to have football back in the fall, but still incomplete. Yeah, we should have been uh, starting our uh, our pregame. Well, we should have started been starting our uh, Saturday pregame show last week, but uh, this one would have been a big one this week. This so. would have been a big one. So, um, yeah, we're, right now we're still uh, pushing forward. Um, we'll kind of get into a little bit of the – What's going on right now as the Big Ten turns, uh, as the world turns in the Big Ten. Uh, right. In a little bit. Um, just want to kind of hit on a couple uh, news things real quick. Um, um, before we get to the Wyatt Davis news, um, last episode we meant, meant you meant to mention this, but uh, then we kind of got off track on a couple of the things we were talking about. Uh, we, we were very passionate about some of the stuff that was going on. Yes. but. Yes. Uh, Ryan Shazier uh, last week uh, did announce his uh, retirement from the NFL. Um, you know, he suffered a horrific injury, but the fact that, uh, you know, he's really bounced back a lot. He's walking uh, a lot of, he started walking a lot sooner than a lot of people felt he could. Um, Remember the YouTube video? He doesn't he do a squat jump Yeah, yeah. or a box jump. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, I mean, it's just amazing the recovery process that he has, but you know, in the sad, uh, you know, in the profession of football, the sad thing is, you know, it was never he was never going to be able to make the type of recovery no. he needed to be able to play football again. I think everybody knew that in the back of their minds. Um, I mean, I know he kind of held out hope. Um, dude was a gamer competitor. And it's, you know, in our Sunday lives, you know, we're Browns fans here in Northeast Ohio. You know, don't hold that against us, anybody, please. Uh, you know, that's our um, glutton for punishment. But, you know. He was drafted by the Steelers, and typical of the Steelers, unlike the Browns, they've never had a problem drafting Buckeyes. No, they have not. They're live, so uh, they like Ohio State and Pittsburgh. Yeah, so he uh, he was a bane in our side for uh, <laughs> as Browns fans, but I mean, I always respected the dude for what he did at Ohio State. Uh, your thoughts? Absolute gamer, always has been. Hell of a player for the Steelers. Um, I just 
can remember a couple times for Ohio State. One sticks out to me that freshman year of his against Michigan. I didn't. I mean, we lose the game, but isn't that when he has like a torn knee? Yeah. He, a partially torn knee, and he's still playing. I mean, he obvi- obviously is affected. They probably shouldn't have even had him in there. Um, that 2011 team, though. What else could they have done? You, you guys know the rest of that. Uh, but yeah, always a gamer. I remember, you know, that last week's episode on Labor or the Labor Day special. You and I were doing our defensive plays uh, from 2012, and I just I completely forgot. And I don't know how that uh, goal line stuff against Monty Ball that he <laughs> forces that fumble against Wisconsin. So the guy, and if you remember, I think he's like bleeding after that hit or something. I mean, he definitely. Not definitely, but he could have had a concussion after that hit he had, and he still stayed in the game. So Ryan Shazier was a hell of a player. He's a gamer. He was a great pickup for the Steelers. Um, terrible how it ended with injury, but and I think in the back of my mind, I always knew that he wasn't going to be able to recover from that to play in the NFL again. But I know, you know, from what I know of Ryan Shazier, I knew he was going to try his hardest to be able to play again. So he tried. Wasn't able to. I mean, that's understandable, and that's okay. We, I always appreciated watching him. He was one, probably the best outside linebacker that I, I recall in recent memory at Ohio State. So definitely love watching the guy. I wish him nothing but the best in you know the next part of his life. Yeah, um, it's kind of uh, a lot of people don't know this. It's kind of uh, funny, a little ironic how uh, we ended up getting him in Ohio State. Uh, he was originally committed to Florida, um, or was was he fully committed, or was he about to commit, um, or was they the high lean? I don't remember how necessarily that went. I thought he was fully committed to Florida, um, but he decommitted because, or he decided, or Florida was not lo- no longer an option after Urban Meyer quit. After he had left Florida, yeah. Um, picks Ohio State to only have Jim Trestle uh, get retire, uh, you know, yeah. a, a couple months later. And uh, and then he ends up still playing for Urban Meyer. Yeah, so. I know it, it's crazy. That's that's one of the funnier things. But yeah, he got to play for Urban again. Hell of a player. Gonna yeah. miss watching him, but it's nice, you know, being who we're fans for. See him out of that black and gold. So yeah. Um. So that was um, that was the Shazier news. Um, big news yesterday. Wyatt Davis um has decided to opt out of the season. Um, right now there is no season, so it's not a you know it's not a surprise you know very easily depending on what happens this weekend it's most likely the first domino to fall yeah um, but I mean we kind of expected that if things didn't change soon that this was going to start happening um, right uh, Wyatt hell of a player I mean I was looking yesterday at some of his uh, some of the blocks that he's had that people were posting on Twitter and I mean. <laughs> The fact that he was named to an all-decade team for the Big Ten before he has even a chance to leave, uh, I mean, he proved it a couple years ago at the Rose Bowl. I mean, the dude's a freak. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, let's let's just honestly talk about his Ohio State career here. So, uh, he should have started in 18. He didn't. I don't. I don't want to get into that. That was just a – I think that was a poor coaching decision because they gave a guy that might have been a little bit better in, you know, preseason practice. They left – 18 was such a weird year anyways, but they left a guy in there that they probably should have went with the younger guy to get him those meaningful snaps. Um, But he starts a Big Ten championship. He starts a Rose Bowl, and he starts one season. He's named to the Big Ten all-decade team from that body of work. So – I mean, you can you cannot watch a snap of the guy, and you can just imagine the dominance he had on the field to be able to be named to the All Decade team for that. Yeah, yeah I was watching some uh, videos of him yesterday. I mean, there was I mean, he had a block. I mean, he 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 knocked his dude off the ball, runs up, takes on the linebacker, and notices the guy that he originally blocked oh, is yeah. coming back. He <laughs> disengages from the linebacker, knocks that guy on his butt. Well, that, I mean, that's the type of offensive lineman you love, too. Someone just – he has that motor. He never stops. He just – he keeps going until everyone's on the ground, and he can keep them on the ground. He always made sure that he, you know, did his best to take his guys out of the play. So, yeah, he was – he was awesome. It's hard to, you know, watch him leave, especially hearing what he had to say, just how heartbreaking the decision was. Um, 
you know, lack of communication from the Big Ten is what ultimately drove it, that it just seemed like it was getting further and further away and it wasn't going to happen. So, hate to see it. We kind of, like you said, we kind of knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, maybe first of a couple dominoes to fall, hopefully not, but there's definitely some other people that once they see one go, they're they're yeah. going to start weighing that option. And we'll get into here in uh, just uh, one or two more things on Davis. Um, like, yeah, he gave a lot of praise to both Ryan Day. Um, basically said he loved Ryan Day for just how hard Ryan, you know, Coach Day fought for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gave a lot of praise to Gene, too. He said uh, both of them tried everything they could to get them to play. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that he didn't jump the gun here. Um, he might have. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't know, even if even if they decide today, tomorrow, Monday or whatever, that they are going to have a season here mid-October. I can't blame these guys anymore. I mean, they've been waiting how waiting long? Waiting too long. Yeah. Waiting too long. And if you're pushing it back to October, I mean, you don't know. Like, you might not even get a game in if you're pushing it back to October. I think it's safe to say that the ACC, Big 12, SEC, they're at least going to get a couple games to where they're starting. But we're already seeing, you know, games getting pushed back, delayed, postponed, however you want to say it, because of, you know, COVID flare-ups at the school so or within the team. So, yeah, if that's already happening, and sometimes you got to look at that and say, even if it gets pushed back, you know, to mid-October, we still might not kick off. So even though we get good news tomorrow, that could be bad news in a week. We've already seen this. They yeah. gave a schedule, and then six days later, they took it away. So I don't I don't fault anybody. The Big Ten's dragged their feet way too long on this. So, I, I mean, kudos to him. It was a good decision. I hate that he's not going to play for us this year if we do have a season, but you got to do what's best for yourself. And I, I think we brought up either in episode one or two, uh, who would be the first to go if uh, I I thought it would be Sean. Yeah, I think that's what I, I thought it was going to be Sean Wade. I actually I thought Wyatt would be the last to go. I thought he was the one that had the most to gain from still you know putting film out there. So I didn't expect that, but. I mean, it does make sense if you're projected to be a first-round guard. Yeah, if you saw, don't know if you're going to play, you might as well start getting ready for the draft now. And I saw a couple uh, draft experts. I think I saw Dwayne Bugler and um, a couple of the NFL scouts that are on Twitter say that he's still a first-rounder. Yeah. And so, I mean, the dude's still going either first round, mid to late first round, or early second top round. Top five picks in the second round, I, I mean, would guess. He's barring any sort of injury or he's the best guard on the he's the best guard on the board I yeah. mean guards and just by nature I mean it's very hard for a guard to get up into the top 10 top 15 to begin with you don't, yeah you don't see that often you got to be a very special talent yeah for that. so I don't think he'll get th there especially without playing this year but um I mean the dude's still gonna get drafted extremely high I mean he's still gonna make a boatload of cash so i mean well, it all comes down to who's drafting too you know yeah. at the end of the day it comes down to who's where what their weaknesses are so you might have a team that seems like they're in good position maybe they had some sort of devastating injury that they you know lost a lot of games because of that maybe a quarterback gets hurt and they don't bounce back and they're top drafting now much higher than they were supposed to be and maybe what could have helped them is shoring up that offensive line a little bit so anything could happen in the nfl to you know drive that pickup i don't i i don't know off the top of my head a lot of their offensive linemen out there but as a browns fan i this has uh ravens or steelers draft pick written all over it uh a mid to late first rounder uh-huh uh <laughs> yeah i'm sure the browns could use some help on the line so if you guys can get wyatt davis it's not a bad move yeah um so we were maybe a little, a little off who was the first to go, but so we don't get any change this weekend. Who's next at this point? Is it Wade or is it Fields? I think it's Sean Wade still. I, I think Justin Fields is going to hold out the longest. Um, he seems he still seems kind of all in for the season. Not that Sean Wade isn't, so I don't want to like – mislead anybody saying that Sean Wade is and why it definitely was all in for yeah. the season I mean if this was they want to play they want to win a national championship so I'm not and of course Sean you know he the only reason he really came well outside of the national title Sean Wade wants to prove that he could be the man at that outside corner that he doesn't need to be the inside cornerback so he's or slot cornerback so he's definitely you know he has so much to gain from playing a season but I think he would be the next one that the Big Ten keeps playing games that he'll be out soon. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I think I agree with that. I, I do think it's Sean. Um, but I mean, we'll see. Like I said, uh, if depending on what happens this weekend, um, I don't think Wyatt was the first one. And they could be told tomorrow that they are going to be playing here on October 10th or the 17th. Most likely at this point, it'll be the 17th, prize the earliest date. And Sean could still opt out. You know, I don't think at that point Justin would opt out. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Sean might decide to opt out still. I mean, that's his decision. Um, I'm never going to. I don't, I'm not the type of person, and neither one of us are at this point. Maybe our younger selves would have been one of those guys. You know, this is, you know, you're, you know, the team and the team and all that stuff. But, you know, I mean, I look at this as much more it's a business and, you know. Right. And that that's how I feel, too, that these guys, you know, they got to do what's best for them. They're trying to make millions of dollars. I understand, and we see it from Ohio State guys all the time. The brotherhood means so much to them. I would never question these guys that leave early, I would never question their loyalty, you know, to their teammates. So um, that's, that kind of reminds me of, you know, just what you're saying, like Nick Bosa a couple years ago that he got hurt in that third week and people were complaining that he opted out and he started focusing on the draft and he wasn't there on the sidelines for his teammates to play at the end there. If he could have came back, what's, what's the guy supposed to do? I mean, he got drafted number two overall, I think three, two or three, I think it's two. Cause I think Joey went three and he went two. Yeah. So, he went number two overall. Like, what's the guy supposed to do? That's that was the best decision for his life was to get ready for the draft. I can't fault him for that. So, and you know, that just, stuff irritates me just, so much. Just like I went to, I went to college to you know be able to get a career someday. You went to college to you know get a career someday. You know, these guys are going to college to get a career, and you know their career is the NFL. So, you right. know I mean, it's, that's that's life, and that's kind of how I've always looked at it. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I absolutely 100% agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, I th- definitely think uh, he would have he would be here if uh, there was much more. Uh, if there was an idea for sure, if there was clarity lined out here. Yeah. yeah, I think he would be here or, if you know, the decision might have been made weeks ago if they said you guys aren't playing till January. But yeah. um, so, I mean, he made his decision uh wish him the best of luck i uh, you know i'm he's gonna be playing in the league next year and gamer look forward to watching him uh, uh hopefully it's for the browns but if not uh, i'm gonna stay out of the afc north I'm if gonna, it's not for the browns <laughs> i'm gonna appreciate I'll, I'll like if he even is the afc north i'll respect him <laughs> as a player but uh i don't want to see another uh Cam Hayward or uh, Ryan Shazier or, you know, what I'm thinking Dobbins is going to do this Cam year. Cam Hayward, the... didn't he just sign a huge contract extension yeah, last week that's... or the week before? Buckeyes keep getting paid in this league. That's... I mean, we're talking a decade now. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, no, good game, for him. Game, <laughs> gamer. Yeah. So um, my final thoughts on Wyatt, though, you know, going to be a multi-time all-pro in the NFL. The guy has it written all over him. Oh yeah, he's the he's the next big all. He's that he's that offensive guard you get to plug in, and he's on your team for the next ten to fifteen years. Many so. many big contracts for Wyatt Davis. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, today is the twelfth. It's a Saturday, and um, we've had college football back for a couple weeks. You know, high school's been back for a few weeks, but football back now. We got uh, we got he got the NFL back too. Yeah, NFL started on Thursday. Um, but. Tomorrow we got NFL games. Today, two of the Power Five conferences kick off. I mean, I know Miami started on uh, Thursday, but I mean, ACC and Big 12's back. Yep. Thoughts? Excited. I'm ready to watch some real football. I'm ready to have a full day of football, you know, starting noon on a Saturday, going all the way till nighttime. So I am very pumped up for this. Everyone knows I hate that the Buckeyes aren't playing. I say it every week, though. So let's try to keep it positive. We are going to get football. Um, and, yeah, you got some big teams back. Top 25 teams are finally playing, so I'm very happy about that because that's kind of been my holdup so far is, you know, I'm happy football's back. Um, of course, you know, discouraged, like I said, but you you haven't had good teams playing yet. So yeah. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen, what these teams look like, what it's like for these actual, like, bigger teams with, you know, less capacity crowds, no capacity crowds, how they're playing in these situations, if they look as sharp as we usually see them. Um, there's so much in just intrigue about this season. I know it sucks also, but like I was thinking about this last night. I'm laying there in bed. Of course, you know, you're laying in bed on a Saturday or Friday night and you're thinking about college football games. Like, 
come on, how how lame can that be? <laughs> but um, like, what if Trevor Lawrence gets COVID or gets you know contact trace for COVID that he's not allowed to play for a week and Clemson loses that game? Like, is does that take them out of the playoff? Do they get the benefit of the doubt? Or Clemson like our teams like that? Are they just in the playoff? What if that happens multiple times? What if you lose two games because your quarterback's out? Does the committee say, well, if you really, if you're only good because your quarterback's in there, you don't deserve to be in? I just think there's so many different uh, variables at play right now that it's very exciting. But yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see some good games. Uh, you know, we get to see, of course, Trevor Lawrence play again tonight. The guy is a hell of a quarterback, probably your future number one pick. If Justin Fields doesn't get to play this year, definitely the Heisman front runner. Uh, Spencer Rattler is going to start off his career at Oklahoma. You know what Lincoln Riley does with those Oklahoma quarterbacks. So that guy is just destined to have 50 throw- passing touchdowns or, you know, some sort of magnificent. Yes. He's probably number two in the Heisman. Um, and then UNC, they're a team that I'm really looking forward to seeing what Mac does with them this year. I know they're kicking off today. I don't remember who it's against. Maybe Syracuse? I think it is Syracuse. I it's feel just, like it's Syracuse. It's a noon game. So. Yeah, I feel like it's Syracuse. So they're one that I think you know could really compete, though, this year in the ACC. So it's it's all so exciting. I think because of the the Notre Dame's playing Duke today. I think oh, because yeah, of the, yeah, the Irish. I think the Notre Dame's entry with Mac, kind of what he's done in recruiting. And, you know, I mean – I know there's uh, a lot of Texas fans that didn't like how Mac's career ended in Texas, but the guy won more, a lot more games than he lost there. And um, I don't know. I I think now with Mac kind of getting that uh, team at uh, you know them in place, and Notre Dame being in the league for a year, it'll be kind of interesting to see Clemson. Clemson's gonna have a couple of real games this year. I mean, Clemson... They are playing Notre Dame. or I mean, they are playing Notre Dame. They, are they playing North Carolina? No, I think North Carolina oh, got so taken... I think they got taken off their schedule okay, when so they, they redid skip- everything. Okay. I th- I'm pretty sure that they got taken off their schedule. So, Clemson, what I'm interested with Clemson, though, is when you start seeing, you know, your North Carolinas with Mac Brown, because he has a good recruiting class right now, assuming that he can keep that. When those kids start developing, um, you could tell that he had his guys kind of on the right track last year. So when those guys start developing and then, you know, what can he do? If Notre Dame, they are picking up more games in the ACC. So what's that going to look like in the future for Clemson? Florida State, Miami, I mean, I think everyone's been saying it for years now. Those schools are destined to be back, though. So I don't want to say, I mean, Clemson, Dabo's done a hell of a job with them. So I don't want to say that they have, you know, an expiration date on that success, but it's going to start getting more competitive for them. I truly believe that one of these days it's going to get more competitive for Clemson in that conference. Yeah. I mean, Clemson's definitely, uh, I mean, they're definitely the front runner, but, you know, they play Notre Dame on the 7th. Um, November. That's that's an interesting game. That should be a good one. I mean, I've seen and it's in South Bend. So. I've seen Notre Dame go into those games a lot of times, you know, undefeated or hyped up and get their asses kicked. So I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if that happened against Clemson. But I'm, when did you say it was? I believe it's November seventh. So in South Bend, yeah, that so. could be an interesting one. Yeah, um, Brian Kelly. I mean, for as much as I give. Uh, Notre Dame a hard time that guy's actually done a really good job there he has and you know he's definitely I mean he's brought them back to where they were to where he's brought Notre Dame back to where they should be like I've always heard the built-in excuses from uh, some Notre Dame fans that you know they always try to argue why you know well you know we have to you know we're an academic school and you guys can't uh you know we we can't we can't let just anybody in like some of you schools can do but don't you, know, you don't you hear the same? Isn't it very funny how uh, Michigan and Notre Dame fans they're just like yeah. you just switch the hat on top of their head, but you hear the same damn thing from both of them. Yeah, uh, the one thing I will say about Notre Dame is, uh, yeah, you're a Catholic school. Um, we're from Ohio. I know how good Catholic uh, parochial football uh, yeah. is in the state of Ohio. I know how good parochial football is in California. I know how good parochial football is in Florida. Um, yeah, I mean. Some of the best, you know, New Jersey with Don Brasco, Don Brasco Prep. Some of the best high schools in the country are Catholic high schools. So Notre Dame has a built-in advantage on that alone. Right. And so they like to go there. And especially, I mean, 
you and I both know what the situation is with parochial schools, too. There's a lot of kids that wouldn't be going there if it wasn't for their athletics. So that gives that gives that pipeline to Notre Dame as well, because, I mean, you know, those kids are getting good education. So most of them are you know, eligible as far as grades go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I've always argued that little built in uh, excuse, because besides the deep south and uh, Texas, there's a. Uh, you know, parochial Catholic parochial schools dominate a lot of the states, especially the yes, big states. I absolutely. Mean, a lot of big Catholic high schools in Pennsylvania. Of course, I mean, Ohio. And you think about the Cle- the big Cleveland Catholic schools, Hoban uh, and, and the Cincinnati ones. I mean, there's a lot of Catholic powerhouses in this country. Yeah. And Notre Dame, you know, they Modern they, have day, that bu- they have that built in pipeline and they get a lot of interest from those yeah. kids. Modern day and LaSalle out in California. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas down in uh, uh, Florida. So, yeah, there's uh, some of the biggest high schools in the top. You know, they're always in the USA Today uh, top 20, top 50 for yep. uh, high schools. They're the parochial schools. Yeah, so, I mean, I give a lot of grief to Notre Dame fans, though. But, I honestly, Brian Kelly, they have they are nowhere near underachieving at Notre Dame wow. with him. He's gotten that team back to where they need. I mean, they're still mismatched when they get into bigger games. We've seen it. I mean, look at what's it go back to when they Oregon State smashed them, yeah, and then it was Ohio State got them, Alabama got them, Ohio State. I think maybe an LSU in there. Clemson beat the crap out of them. So, yeah, if they could, if they could get you know a big win in one of those postseason marquee matchups, that would definitely go a long way for them. But I, they've been good. Brian Kelly's been good. I mean, a few years ago, they almost actually almost beat Clemson in Death Valley when uh, they were on. Uh, oh, that's when what the wasn't that the was that the pick or am I thinking of a different game? Yeah, that is the pick, and they called the playback. Yeah, and, and they they called the penalty, and yeah, they was that the Admiral's son. Yeah, maybe it was. Because his David Robinson's son, and I, I don't mean to be disrespectful that I don't know his first name, but he was he was the tight end for Notre Dame. Yeah, I think he's yeah, he think might he, be the one called for that. Yeah, I think he was. Or he uh, got the touchdown. I it's one. He's in that play. I know that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So Oklahoma starting today. Clemson starting today. Notre Dame starting today. You got Florida State, Georgia Tech. Uh, both are unranked, but you know that I think that could be a, a fun game to watch. Uh, like I said, it's only a matter of time before those teams get back to you know being somewhat relevant so again not an expiration date for clemson but it is going to start getting more competitive one of these years yeah so definitely um looking forward to uh, watching some games this week and uh hopefully and then on the next episode we'll actually get to talk about some of the i can't wait i'm looking forward to it uh, so kind of break up some of the this uh crap i know some a lot of buckeye fans probably don't want to hear it but it is good to watch football um before we get into the ESPN story from last night, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about, you know, October 10th, October 17th, you know, they have to have a 10 game schedule and all that. And I've disagreed with that point. To me, it's always been December 19th. That is the actual day. You got to have a comparable football schedule up to that point because the committee picks on the 20th. The reason why I've always said that is because first of all, committee, they've proven since 20 since the Buckeyes won the national title in 14 they make up their own rules there is no criteria they uh it's every year it's like something different I've heard four best teams I've heard four most deserving teams I've you know I've seen uh conference championships mean everything to conference championships don't mean it they're only a tiebreaker if the teams are even and like you know so I mean I've literally we've heard every excuse in the book I I mean no, I, was it 18 or 17 when they like the the chairman came out the week before they the final vote and they said well Ohio State's right there and then it was like well they they didn't it was a it was they a, had two losses yeah. they were never really considered yeah they were never considered so I've always I mean they they just come up stuff so that's you you take that into consideration this is a weird season because of COVID and the pandemic and so now they have a built-in excuse why it's a weird season and then on top of that why the big 10 is being stupid and why ohio state should be playing is because in my opinion i think a lot of these teams will probably have postponed games like i could very yeah i could very easily see this year a clemson or an alabama or somebody 
getting in with only seven wins possibly because, you know, a couple games get called because, you know, there's an outbreak or something. And so that's why you need to try to play because I just – I think that a lot of the stuff is not going to ma- – as long as you have a comparable schedule to everybody else. And, like – and that's just been my thought on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. We talked about this last time that I just – Ohio State – in the Big Ten, they put themselves in a real bind by doing what they did because if you get to the point that you lose, you know, one, two games, not physically lost, like you lost it off your schedule, then I think that's a spot where they're like, Clemson played eight, Ohio State played six. Clemson played nine, Ohio State played six. You know, something like that, that like that's not really, even though your body of work that you might have beat, you know, the Michigans out there, you might have beat Iowa, Penn State, hopefully, you know, you get good games in there. And I would hope that if you're going to go into a crunch like that, they would say, all right, we got to get the best games possible on paper to give someone a legitimate chance to impress somebody. Um, But if that's, you know, if you're losing games off your schedule, though, I just think that's something that they are going to look at because, like you said, we don't know what the hell the committee ever thinks when they make these decisions. So that's just something that scares but, but me. But I don't think the argument's going to be between Ohio State and Clemson. I no, think- no, and I'm, I'm not using that. So I guess maybe that is a bad example. But what I'm saying is that Ohio State, you know, you might have some team that overachieves in the SEC. That you might have someone else sitting there in the SEC that only has one loss, like a Georgia or a Florida. They're supposed to have, both of them are supposed to have good years this year. So you might see then that other team that's like, well, they only lost one game to Alabama and they played nine games. Ohio State went undefeated, but they only played six. So, you know, there was a lot more time there. There wasn't a traditional season by either one, but it was much more close to being a traditional season by Georgia. That's something that scares me. An undefeated Ohio State, though, if you do have those top wins on there, I would think that that helps them out greatly, even if you only play like a six, seven game season, which hopefully, you know, hopefully it's still more than that. Um, the one thing that scares me about that, though, is what happens with the AP poll? Because a lot of times they still reference stuff like that with the committee. You know, well, Ohio State does have a top 10 win. And I know that you could say you, they brought in because the polls kind of get rewritten once the first playoff um, rankings come out. Correct. Yeah. And so. I- so I mean, I guess at that point it could all get rewritten that, well, we brought, you know, Michigan back into the top ten or we brought Penn State back into the top ten. But if they're not kicking off this weekend, are they just like, is the press going to just kick all these teams out of their top 25 poll starting next week? Yeah, um, so that's the way I understand it. That, But here's uh, me getting – and, I mean, I don't know this for a fact. But this is just my gut feeling on this um, – hypothetically Ohio Big Ten kicks off October 17th so Ohio State will be out of the AP poll next week yes they were 20 points 16 points off from being number one in the country number one in the country so they will be completely 100% out of the top 25 after this week October 17th comes they play they win the following AP poll, they are in the top five that is my opinion that I mean would the AP do it though because they made it sound like they're not going to let people in that don't. I mean, I, I realize that Ohio State's starting at a different time in the fall, so they maybe are, they would. They are playing in the fall. Okay. And they are playing in the fall where they can compete for in the playoff. I I believe. So they'll keep them out till they actually play a game. Yeah. And the hell, they might put them back in that first week because the, of them coming back in, being like, well, Ohio State's playing this week. So that Tuesday prior, I think it's what, Monday or Tuesday the poll comes out or Sunday. That week prior to, well, Ohio State's scheduled to play next week, so they're top 10 team again. See, that uh, that makes me much more comfortable if Ohio State gets back into it. Even though I know it, the playoff rankings are the only thing that matters, that makes me more comfortable if Ohio State's ranked in one of those other polls. So as long as that situation plays out that, okay, they're kicking off October 17th, it's not you know as early as everyone else but they're still playing in the fall. They're considered for the playoffs, so we're going to let them be back in the AP. I'm fine with that. And I've seen a lot of people outside the Big Ten who are talking about Ohio State. Some of our uh, rivals that are, are from other conferences that want us to play. It's funny, a lot of these fan bases who, uh, you know, it's why I, I do love college football fans because, you know, I, I go back and forth with a lot of them on different things over the years. Uh, I talk a lot of smack. I'm not going to lie. I do. Uh 
but a lot of them have come out. I've seen things from Bama fans, Georgia fans, Clemson fans that, you know, we want Ohio State playing. Yeah, I like that, except I, I had to go a couple weeks ago with a South Carolina fan. That's that's like humiliating when you're arguing with a South Carolina fan about who's better, and you can't really win the argument because they keep going back to your t- your conference is scared to play. You're not going to get to play this year. So, I, I mean, I threw every insult in the book at that guy in his program, but I don't think I won the exchange because – it's still at the end of the day, they they're gonna get to play. We don't. I did say that even though we're not gonna play this season, we'll still end up higher ranked than South Carolina I would. <laughs> I would. I mean, if I was South Carolina, that's, I mean that's really the best I like, had for him. I though. mean, you're one step below Tennessee fan at this point in your life. So. I just, uh, I mean, a team like that, if you're only playing an SEC schedule, they better hope Vanderbilt's on theirs because yeah. who are they gonna beat? Yeah, are they gonna win a game this year? <laughs> Don't know. Um, Are all SEC? No, SEC is too big. They can't play all teams, right? Yeah, because I think they're, they're 14 tw- teams. Are they 14 now? Yeah, they're seven in each. Uh, okay, so, yeah, they can't play all games. So, yeah, I mean, they better hope they will. They'll have they'll play. Well, I don't know. Are, are they keeping with this year? They're not. You're not guaranteed to play your side, are you? I thought they're playing. They play all seven of the teams on their side, and or the other they're, six teams. They're still playing all six on your side? Four oh. from the other side. Okay. I think that's how it's going. I wasn't sure if it was like five and five or just kind of like they drew the names out of a hat, yeah. you know, coin flip type deal. I think um, because they want – I mean, obviously they want all those SEC West schools to play each other. So yeah. I think that's, you know – Oh, I guess you would still need that if you're going to have a traditional yeah. – if you're still having a traditional game at the end for a championship for the conference, I guess you would have to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. That was stupid on my part. Um, So – just kind of like just the thought process of them, you know, I think the committee even at, I mean, it can't be Ohio state can't play five games and we're talking about six or I mean, probably Ohio state needs to play at minimum seven games and a conference championship and they got to go undefeated. They cannot, yeah. uh, you know, and then I think some people in this committee are going to reference the point that, um, well, they were 20 points away from being first place at the start of the season. It's not the, their fault. Like, you can understand, back in 2017, 2018, they literally had ammunition to Ohio State. And, like, you're lost. I mean, I don't know. Has Iowa ever scored 55 points on another? I don't know if Iowa scored 55 points all of last year. Like, a big on a Big Ten team. I mean, I'm not talking about when they're playing a Division One AA team. And even that. I don't think they get, hardly get to 55. No. And that's nothing against Iowa. It's just that's not. That's how, their style game, though. They don't Kirk, They don't put up points like that. Kirk Ferentz's teams are not built to score 55 points. They are literally pound and grind teams. That, that, yeah, I know. That was. They play with two oh, tight ends and, you know. Humiliating. Fullbacks. Yeah. Like, they're not, uh, that's, they're not meant to do that. So, I mean. They had that, an ex- tight, that tight end just scored again. Like I mean, you had, you had two losses that year, and one of them was a bad loss to Iowa. Um, well, the other one was a bad loss to Oklahoma too. Yeah, and then the following year, you had a bad loss to Purdue. And I've always told Buckeye fans that I feel if they lose to Purdue by less than seven points, they probably make the playoff. I over I would think if. Well, I think if you're within two scores, so anywhere from 14 down, I think they're in over Oklahoma. Um, it was just that was a weird year, though. That was like Ohio. St- I don't. I don't know if it was. And I think I don't know if it was anti-Urban stuff that year that they didn't want him a part of the playoffs because of what was going on in 18. It was just such a strange year that anything Ohio State did good on offense was never referenced. It was just how bad they were on defense. But then how bad Oklahoma was on defense was never referenced, but how good Oklahoma was on offense was all they talked about. Yeah, and plus the biggest issue you also had is Gene was on the committee, and you can't be in the room when they're talking about your school. And I I think that's stupid of the Big Ten. Um, You you should never put your big dog, the AD from your best team, should never be on that committee. And I'll even say Penn State and Michigan. There should be nobody from any of those schools. Wisconsin, too. Like, I know, you know, Barry, I mean, but you couldn't argue in 2014. You just got shellacked 59th. And I know Barry, from everything I've heard, Barry was a big voice in the room for Ohio State. But his team just got – I mean, he's a football guy. His team just got the crap kicked out of him. He saw how good Ohio State they was. They score a point. So, like – but none of those guys – and I'll even argue Wisconsin too. None of those guys should be on a committee. It should be 
guys from Purdue and Indiana and Illinois who benefit from all Ohio State or Penn State or Wisconsin. That makes, yeah, that helps the make you money. They, they, they benefit from that. So they are going to they are going to put some sort of they will at least argue it. You know, I don't know. I can't trust any of those guys. It seems like they all hate Ohio State. Well, maybe Nebraska. I think Nebraska would argue for. <laughs> I know. But, you know, that's a team I hope that they come back soon and they're. I hope they end up being, you know, I do like a Scott top Frost. dog in the I West. Do, I do like Scott Frost. I would love to see Wisconsin have more competition out I there. love the Nebraska fans. Yeah. Those guys are like my best are, friends now. Those are our new uh, – that's our uh, – Those are our drinking buddies. Yeah. Um, but so I, but that's just my feelings on it. I think they got to get some sort of schedule in. And I don't know if Clemson and Alabama are going to get full seasons. And I could see somebody, you know – and it may be not be their school, but I could see an, a school that they're playing come down and be like – we had this. We can't play this week because, yeah. and you know, there's nothing Clemson and Alabama can do about that. And so I think if that starts happening, which I really do think it's going to happen, the committee is going to have to adjust maybe some of their thought processes, and they're not going to just be able to say, "Well, they play ten games, you need to play ten games." Though they can say, "Well, they play nine games, we'll accept seven games from you." Right, and, and the committee is going to have to be the most open-minded this year than they've ever been yeah so that will also help ohio state so to kind of now move into that um why we're still possibly talking about playing october football um espn had an article last night it was uh wrote from heather denich and um, adam rittenberg and it's been confirmed by other people and now now all the big guys are you know we've been bashing them all along but now the athletic has it uh yahoo has it um so it seems like this is legit this is not uh some just Ohio State, uh, even though I, I've always said I do feel some of the, the stuff that was coming from Ohio State sources and Big Ten sources, the Sean Callahan's of the world, those were legit, too. Yeah. Um, they These people aren't just running out with BS. They're hearing it from somebody that's and most likely in the athletic department that, you know, we are working on stuff and we think we're going to have a vote soon. Um, you know, I think now – so basically the Denich article was that um, the subcommittee for the return of play, you know, the, which is made up of different medical experts and athletic directors from around the conference, they're going to present to eight presidents or chancellors of basically a subcommittee of the presidents and chancellors the, the proposals. And they're going to supposedly do it today, which is Saturday the 12th of September. Um, we'll see. We have there's five new tests that are rapid tests that are in place now that weren't in place five weeks ago. I mean, that's kind of how rapid and fast this is moving, that literally five tests that they didn't have five weeks ago, they have now. So those are options. Um, these can get results back every day. Um, they would have the results back. So, I mean, some of these are five minute tests, some are 15 minute tests, some are a little longer. All, but all within reason, though. Yeah. So literally you can test multiple times through the week. You can test everybody that they come in contact with. If somebody does get a positive and you can keep track of stuff. Um, and basically if the eight, if the subcommittee, these eight chancellors and stuff like what they hear, they could ask for the full, all 14 teams to come in and to retake another vote. So, they could also, if they don't like what they hear, they could go back and ask the committee to go back and get more information. So, but at least there's something there that we could yeah. actually maybe have some hope. And they did mention that they need five weeks for the start, and the, so that would put them about October 17th. They mentioned a eight-game schedule for everybody, with the ninth game being the conference championship on the 19th. I like it. So I think that would give them a bye week in there too to you know just in case you know if you have to move a game so i mean i've criticized how the big tens handled this from the beginning so what i do like though is hopefully they've used this time to come up with something that you know would ensure that they have correct protocols in place that you don't have to miss a game so that might be a benefit to starting in October is that you got more time to get things figured out. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if the SEC teams, if they miss any games or not. So they might be doing everything right there. ACC, Big 12, they all might be doing something right. So who knows if there's any benefit to this. Um, the one thing, though, that I have a little bit of a hold up on, and I don't, I mean, testing technology, it's great. Obviously, that's a, you know, game changer. It's helping this move forward. So, if we have five-minute tests, are we saying that that's 
being used for game day? Um, they, yeah, they can test on game day. So, you test in the morning of game day, someone tests positive. I mean, everyone's been... I who, think who would, hasn't been in contact with the guy? Do you have to forfeit that game for one positive test? Um, I don't know how that. I guess I mean, I, and I'm sure that might be the stuff that they would talk about today. That would have to be how if it happens. How do they do that? But there's that. So you and have, I don't. I don't want to throw negatives in there because I think this is positive. But it's every, something everybody to think has about. to have redundancies, so they need to if they're gonna sign one of these things whether it's the five minute abbott test or one of these 15 minute tests they have to sign another they have to have something else as a backup yeah and because you know if they get a positive they need first of all they need to test early in the morning on game day because they need to test that guy again before the game kicks off and then if it comes back negative the second time around they have to test them a third time right and just to make sure of what it is because we have seen false positives um you know, throughout this whole thing. So, I mean, there's been how many players now have been returned to, you know, have tested positive, And then you find out, I mean, the NFL just had a huge thing a couple of weeks ago um, with their lab in New Jersey that a bunch of like, I think it was like 70 people from around the league tested positive And literally every single, one every of them, single one, one was a was false, false positive. positive. So yeah. like, I mean, that's crazy. So, I mean, you got to be able to retest. Um, so I don't know. That's, I guess they. It's let's the, get a season going first, and then we'll worry about this stuff. That's stuff they have to talk about, and that's another reason why I kind of said that you know that you have to you have to be open minded. The committee on a lot of different things because there's going to be a lot of variables, and you know, yeah. a lot so, of a lot of stuff at play for sure. And like what you talked about earlier, so maybe Clemson does play all their games, and Ohio State plays two or three less games than them. But maybe Clemson loses a game because Lawrence wasn't playing. So, right. I mean, how does all this stuff get matched against each other? And and probably in that situation, both Ohio State and Clemson are in. I, I would think so. I would think if if you lose a game when you're one of the top-tier teams, if you lose a game because someone is not there because of COVID and it's definitely some sort of, you know, game changer, game changer I think that's enough to say, okay, well, they lost because of this guy, and we can give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah. So now, like I said, if it's multiple times, though, I don't think even with this, you can't give them. You got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. You lose two games because Trevor Lawrence is out. I'm sorry, we can't put you in. Yeah. That's just. That's yeah, I'm how willing. It is. I'm willing to go. And I mean, I would say the same thing. I mean, they haven't. I'd, I'd say the same for Ohio State. I mean, this might be the first year they actually have to put a two-loss team in there. We won't. We'll. We'll know when we see it. Um, but yeah. they have never done it yet. We so. got to get there. Um. So I mean. There's some hope to this. I mean, there might actually now be a hope that the Big Ten could be playing. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's there's positive vibes from what you're reading there. Because, I mean, I have no confidence in the presidents changing their mind. I, I still think I'm at like 70-30, 60-40 that it's going to come back no, that they're not playing until. I hope enough presidents change their minds that we can get a season. And then I hope the compromise really is if a couple schools decide they're – if a couple of the no votes decide they're opting out – I hope they put in place then, you know, you need a you need an opt like so if they vote tomorrow, you know, the thirteenth that, you know, all right, we can go forward with a season. I mean, this is just a hypothetical. I would give I mean you it, you they have to have a schedule out a couple I mean, okay, everybody can go back to practice starting Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um they have to have a schedule in place probably by the week the next week or two after that. So I would give everybody a week. If you don't want to play, you need to let us know. Yeah. And then we will we have to build a schedule around you guys not playing. And an eight if they're only gonna possibly do an eight game schedule, that is possible. So they could be like, oh, we can easily put seven teams and maybe this is the year they do just a top to bottom and the top two teams play each other in the Big Ten title and you know, that's I mean, if you only have eight or nine teams playing, that's probably the way to do it. I mean, whatever you have to do to make it work, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, and then just to kind of go off of um, this, um, so we had um, Ohio State historian last night, Jack Park. Um, his uh, he was saying that uh, he heard from uh, Pete Thamel, uh, which is one of the guys we've given a little hard time to. Um, he's a, a Yahoo guy. Um, he uh, he is again kind of going off of you know what this was, you know the whole Dinich article. Um, put up a positive thing on Facebook. Um, we'll, uh, we we shared it on our Facebook page. Yep. Uh, so if you know, g- head over there to 
read it, but basically he said a lot of the same thing that was in the Dinich article that, you know, we could be getting to play here in uh, mid-October. And again, this, you know, Jack Park is well-connected within the program. I mean, he's got high high sources within Ohio State football. So, you know, I mean, I know he said, Pete Thamel said that, but I'm assuming that's, he's also confirmed that through a couple people within the, the university. Yeah. No. That's it's big news. It's big news for everybody. So I mean, with him and Heather both reporting this, it seems like, like I said, it's positive. It's all good that at least they're going to sit down and listen to what they have to say, because you know, not not too long ago, but time's been flying. So a couple weeks at this point, we weren't revisiting this at all. So it's definitely it's a good thing that they're going to sit down and listen to these guys because. They do have to come up with a plan how to get back on the field. So October 17th sounds like it would be the absolute earliest. That's what we're pushing for. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty much, I think, you know. That was our, I mean, we've. Our last couple of days. Yeah. I was going to say our week. It's been two days since the last time we recorded. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we're going to get into part five of the Super Let's League. Let's talk about our Super League. All right. Um, since we didn't hit it on the last episode, uh, part five of the Super League. Um, so this is the last two divisions. Um, kind of going to – I'm kind of – I think I'm going to do these two together because they, they fit so into with each other. Um, so I'm going to start with the most southeastern one of the bunch. Um, that's what I – the Florida – Georgia division. Um, so I'm doing the University of Florida, uh, Florida State, Miami, Central Florida, Georgia, and Georgia Tech. Um, the reason why I um, chose Georgia Tech in there, because they are really the last team out, is I, I wanted another team from that region. I think Georgia Tech has had success through the years, and I think they could um, they could recruit in this Um it would be a lot of rival games for them. I mean, not only are you playing Georgia, but you're playing, you know, four Florida schools that are all in your backyard. Georgia, and Georgia Tech has beaten people so over the years at different times. So, I mean, they can get players. Um, they're in Atlanta. You know, a lot of people love Atlanta. They can they can recruit their city, you know. So, um, and then before we get into this, you know, thought process, because um, I'll say the other one, too, um, and the other one is – so that's the mid-Atlantic kind of. So this one is uh, Clemson, um, North Carolina, North Carolina State, um, Virginia Tech, um, Tennessee, and South Carolina. Okay. Um, and the reason why Tennessee and South Carolina gets moved out of the SEC is just because geographically this makes sense. I think both teams, you know, I mean, I love to give both their fan bases a hard time that they love. Uh, basically, they give you crap for uh, what the what Alabama does. Uh, they it's like they're out. They they mention the SEC more than any of the SEC fans do. And or it's South like, Carolina beating two of the worst Ohio State teams in the last 20 years. Yeah. So like I don't want to hear meaningless bowl. Games. They throw they like to throw that stuff out there. Um, so and, you know, Tennessee still living off of Peyton Manning and T. Martin's national championship. and like, Yeah, that's over 20 years. Yeah, well, I mean, Ohio State's had two titles since then, so. Right. I, yeah, I. So just your thoughts fan. on both of these, so. Well, Tennessee and South Carolina fans, they irk me too. Man, I, I never realized how much. But, yeah, they, they think they're like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And like you said, they're living off a T. Martin championship that was, <laughs> I mean, they were so lucky Ohio State loses that game to Michigan State that year because Ohio State would have throttled anybody in the national title game. Yeah, they would have. They would have destroyed Tennessee. No, and they would have destroyed Florida State. I mean, who they get in their bowl game? A and M. And they destroyed. They them. killed A and M. Yeah, Ohio State was the only team that you know really that could have beat Tennessee that year, and I think they would have beat them easily. So that 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 year was a shame. But we're talking twenty two years now. It just seems like it was yesterday. Um, okay. Thoughts, sorry, thoughts, um, one, I'm excited to see how many games UCF loses because I'm tired of those guys too. So I'm excited to see what happens with them. You know, how many games are they going to lose? Are they going to be bottom feeders now? Um, you know, constantly in the basement of that division, but where they're located and they have a ton of students there being, you know, a bigger conference, what kind of prospects, what kind of athletes are coming to their school now? 
who doesn't want to go party at Disney when you're not at college? Yeah, <laughs> they got some. You know, they, oh my God! I mean, Katie, that would be she would love that. Yeah, um, you know, Orlando is a big city. Um, it's a it's a growing city. It's you get to hang out with the mouse all the time. It's kind of Columbus. It, Pretty much, but I'm just in cities in general. It's it's the Columbus of Florida. I mean, it's you know. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's jokes aside. So I think that's that's a huge appeal for you know big kids. I mean, they have sixty thousand. They have roughly sixty thousand students. I might be a little bit over that now. Uh, Are they the they're the biggest college been, in the country? Correct? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that so. they, they made that thing a couple years ago. I think ucf being in big boy football is kind of like how a lot of people feel in ohio in the columbus area if cincinnati was and you know yeah these guys i'm not saying they're gonna beat you i'm not gonna say they're gonna out recruit you anywhere but it's something you don't want another big university in your backyard and that would be fourth university i mean miami's kind of like in their own but that affects miami too i mean when you think of when you watch the the u on 30 for 30 i mean that's the the whole the state of miami when it's tampa to daytona and south you know i mean orlando's right in there so yeah um, it would i mean it would definitely hurt for those orlando kids uh gut feeling though going in season one season two season three is ucf and let's let's not put the whole six in there for this state of Florida, UCF, towards the best team in Florida, or are they towards the worst team in Florida? I think they're in the middle. They're they're the three. You think they're two or three? Yeah. Um. I if I was gonna rank them, I think it's Florida, Florida State. I, and I would. I don't know. I don't know about Florida State. I, I right now I'm still more bullish on florida state than i am on um, the u the u yeah i know the, the u has just been i don't they know they just seem lost they have the talent and maybe maybe uh diaz is still there right yeah Manny yeah. diaz is still their coach you know maybe he'll start really putting them back on the map i mean the uh i mean i love joking with uh people of, i mean I, you get your u fans every now and then i mean the, all six of them that uh you know <laughs> talk about uh the, the um what the pass interference the pass interference even though you know gamble was also pass interfered on that last play of the ohio state's regulation and uh I mean, still caught the ball and if re- a replay would have overturned that they, they called it incomplete he was held twice um if you if you're gonna go on one play when you were supposed to beat us by three scores like Give me a break on that. Yeah. And again, like you were saying, that game should have never went to overtime. Gamble's held two times, and he still catches the ball inbounds, and they dragging both feet. So. Right. Yes, and I know it's an NFL catch too. Yeah. So no, I don't want to hear that garbage. They yeah. lost that game. Get over it. Yeah. So, um, but you know, when you watch the U, especially the first part of, I mean, <laughs> those first. I mean, I was, I was. Obviously, in the 80s, I was too young to really appreciate that, especially in the later 80s. But, you know, and then in the the 90s, I do remember some games in the 90s and stuff like that. I actually remember, the, I think the first college football game I ever watched was when Alabama beats them in 92 in the bowl game. I believe it's in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. And uh, they, um, it's just, I mean, that's just a different type of uh they were fun, and those I love those videos. I want, I mean, I want the U back just for that. It seems like they had a lot of fun on the football field. Well, when teams like that are good, Florida State's, Miami's, it makes college football better. Yeah. So we I, need to get away from this. Only four teams legitimately have a chance for a title. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think both UCF and Georgia Tech could be competitive, and uh, I mean, they're going to be most likely the odds on they're the last two teams. Yeah. But. Um, like I said, I try to geograph, put teams in it that I felt deserved it and were within the same geographic region with each other. Um, that's the reason why I put Tennessee and South Carolina up in Clemson's thing. Um, I mean, Clemson's still the favorite. Yeah, to it's win still, this, like, how do they keep, even like ACC and now this, it's like they, they but, just draw ways to go undefeated. But Tennessee playing them every year, I mean, that's a potential loss. Well, Virginia Tech's in there. And Virginia Tech. I mean, they still play Virginia Tech, but the Virginia Tech's in there. That's a potential loss. Go over that conference with me again, or division. Um, it's Clemson, UNC, NC State, um, Virginia Tech, T- 
Tennessee and South Carolina. Where did Virginia rank in there? They were close. Um, actually, um, the ones that I are really and this kind of goes for both. Um, that probably my next two are either Kentucky or Louisville. Um, okay. And then Virginia's a little bit of a step below that, I would say. I might have said Louisville over NC State. Yeah, that and that was one of the discussion points, too. Um, or Kentucky. I might have said one of those two over NC State. NC State and um, Virginia Tech, actually, were my and, – and the only reason why I still have Virginia Tech in there is I'm just – I'm not sure yet where they're at now that, you know, Beamer's been gone for a few years. Yeah. And I, I think they still have they, – they have they live in a great talent-rich area. Um, plus, they – you know, they're, they've they always recruited well between, you know – they've always recruited well in the, the DMV area. Well, and I think what Beamer did for that program, they still want to be winners. So, yeah, so I think that that's a big um, – that's a big, you know, factor into the decision-making – when they bring in new coaches, things like that, is that they had that success. They want to continue it. So he, he put that program and the re- further ahead than, you know, what Virginia Tech probably should be. So that's the, something that they're going to keep trying to be winners. And the reason why I went with NC State is that they've had successful years. They always, they play everybody close. So I don't um, – they, they play good games. They do get good talent. The talent's getting better in the North Carolina, South Carolina. There's a lot of – population movement into that area yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're in an area that they can recruit um they can get good players i mean are they clemson no are they north carolina no but they can play well, games against those teams i mean i would say right now if you're you're like going off a couple years that north carolina might be better than north carolina state that yeah. that one that's more up in the air and those two teams against each other you don't know when the next cheating scandal is going to be in right Chapel Hill, so. <laughs> i hope mac keeps it clean over there so uh, I okay I I mean I can agree with both of them. I'm just I'm not sure about NC State being in there. Um, Georgia Tech, I don't I rivalry wise proximity to where the other schools are. Georgia Tech does make sense to me because they are still a big college. So I can I can get behind that one. Uh, and, I, and, see, and that was an NC State. I mean, they are a big university. Yeah, and I can I can get behind. And Raleigh is a growing another growing area. Um, that's kind of the reason why I just I put them in there. I and I also like some of those rivalries. I mean, I think North Carolina is a much bigger rivalry with North Carolina State when it comes to football. Than, yeah, and you know it's again we were looking at this as strictly as a football conference that's why schools like duke and kentucky are not really in this i mean if it, if we were looking at a if it's an all sports type thing i mean you i mean those kind of get redrawn based off of that because you know duke and nc kentucky. state has decent basketball years they're yeah. not they're not always terrible in the acc i think i mean a lot of this is just having an open mind also not only to where a team is now or what they were historically but what they could be just based off of, you know, proximity to the other teams in their league, what the recruiting beds like moving up into some sort of, you know, super conference where you're going to get the best kids in the country are going to want to play on this because they're going to be on a, a tier that's above what you, that the FBS is right now. Yeah. And there's still going to be scholarship limits. I mean, yeah, I mean, this isn't separating anything from title nine. So th- those universities, even if their other sports are in other conferences, I mean, they still have to follow federal laws and stuff like that. So you're still going to have your limits. And um, so, I mean, that's, I mean, and like you just said, there's, there's only so many of these teams now. There's only 48 of them. So the best, it's actually, I mean, that's, talent's going to, that's talent. kind of interesting because, you know, you're going to get kids that are four star that, they might have went to some other school. They might have went to Purdue because they're going to be the man at Purdue. But now they're going to go to Nebraska or whatever because that's the best competition. That's where they're going to be featured the most. That That's the best for their draft stock. So it's definitely interesting because these teams, they will, they're going to be loaded. Because, I mean, the NC State's that, you know, they might be getting three stars. Well, now they're getting four stars because those kids, they, they need to yeah. go there to yeah, be – displayed like this yeah, clemson doesn't want them north carolina might not want them so a good quarterback might be like oh, yeah. a four-star quarterback that's well, i'll go play for nc state i live in this area 
my parents can come watch me play, and you know, there can only be one quarterback playing every game for every team. So, right, you know, and this definitely drives it to being more like you know what we want, more so like the NFL that you're going to get more parity. You're going to get you're not just going to have the same four teams every year winning titles. Of course, I mean, I say that in how many Super Bowls did the New England Patriots play yeah. in the last twenty years? You're still going to get dynasties. It's just going to be a little harder in different spots, and there's still there's. I mean, and we'll get into the part six. Three of the same. The next episode. We're going to get into how the playoffs are going to get broken down because I got some interesting thoughts on that. You don't think we're going to say see the same three teams in the playoffs, though, every year for like four years? Because first of all, there's going to be eight teams in the playoff because, you know, I mean, and you're still going to have to. I mean, I'll I'll break I mean a little bit, but we'll get more into it next week. I mean, you're still going to have to play a divisional championship game. Right. And it's still you're still going to be playing a 18 playoff then the eight teams go, um, but we'll get more into that in the next episode okay. in the next part. Um, but I, I think these are eight good, fair uh, some uh, some of them are more t- top heavy than others um, or top to bottom heavier than others. Um, but I think they're all well balanced. Yeah. And again, as I throw in every week, yes, maybe. You can say, well, man, Clemson only has to beat North Carolina, North Carolina, but they got to play Tennessee, the division, South Carolina, right? and Virginia Tech. Well, first of all, any one of those games, Clemson. I mean, Clemson has lost to Syracuse. I mean, they've had tough games at different times against some yeah. of these schools. Um, you know, they could lose one of these schools, but they're also going to. They might also then be playing. Alabama and Auburn and LSU or Ohio and, State and Michigan yeah. and Penn State in the same season. Yeah, so I mean. There's because of how it's broken down and it's balanced, you're still playing good schools from around the country. Right. So I think uh, that was a good episode. That's. I mean, I'm I'm good with that. I don't really, as far as like closing thoughts or anything. I'm gonna keep saying it. You know, keep fighting for a season. We want to watch Ohio State football. Just get vocal. Call who you need to call. Fight like hell. We want to. You know, we want a game sooner than later. Um, and I will just uh, the plug the channels one more time. Uh, just remember, subscribe YouTube, hit the all notifications, like this video, uh, please. We want to start seeing comments. We really want to interact with our community members. Um, and um, you know, don't feel f- afraid to share the videos um, on all your networks. I mean, if you you want to share your, the video to your Facebook page. Go right ahead. We're on Facebook. You know, come see us at the Buckeye Bar Talk, which is our page. The Buckeye Bar Talk community is the group. You can write your own post within the group and uh, come join us and um, come see us on Twitter on at, at Buckeye Bar Talk. Instagram's also at Buckeye Bar Talk. Um, we're all over the podcast feeds right now. Um, you know, we're growing. Um, we're steady we we like where we're at we just we want to interact more and you know we want to this idea is like we've always said that that this is a it's your digital sports bar so you know you come and we talk and we talk sports we talk and we have you know talk about college football the Buckeyes you know you want to come on and if you see something cool in one of the games today you know share it let's hear about it let's talk about it well we we want to interact and we'll, we're all over all of our feeds and we're paying attention and you know the couple comments we get we we talk back to them we have a good time um so we definitely want to interact more with you guys so please come on down yep thanks for stopping out of the buckeye bar today i'm john i'm mike oh h i hope.